Well, if you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to share a few verses with you, perhaps a familiar chapter. And um, as we think this morning about our renewed commitment to our faith in Jesus Christ, our renewed commitment to our faith in Jesus Christ. For the last five weeks, we've been going through a series of sermons and talking about renewing our commitment uh, our love commitment to Jesus Christ. You know, when we were saved, we made some serious commitments. And you probably remember saying, well, Lord, I'm going to love you with all of my heart. Or, or Lord, I'm going to serve you. Or, Lord, uh, I'm going to be faithful. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, over time, we kind of lose thought of those commitments and what we want to do and what we've been doing in the past weeks. We've been looking at some of those commitments we've made commitment we made to the lordship of Jesus Christ, that we would have Christ first in our life, that he would be our Lord and Savior. See, he's our Lord, he's our boss. The word Lord means one who has all power and authority and control. And so Jesus Christ is our Lord. He's to have all authority, power, and control of our lives. And then we talked about our commitment to his church, we talked about the universal church where all Christians are brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. But then we focused on the local church. And we realized that in the Bible, the, the, uh, the uh, local churches, well, the word church is used 114 times in the New Testament. The, the, the word local church there is referred to 90 times out of those 114 times. So the Bible really has places a lot of emphasis on the local church. And so the local church, local body of believers, is important. So we talked about the, our recommitment to the church, the local church. And we talked about to the Word of God and how God's Word is inspired and the power of God's Word. And then we talked about the attendance to the local church and how we're to be uh, well in attendance and five reasons why we should attend church. And then we talked about the priesthood of the believer. We're looked on as priests, and what does that mean to be priest? So we discovered that really it's, uh, it, has more, it has more to do with our service and our obligation than anything else. And so and today we want to look on our renewed commitment to faith in Jesus Christ. Now as a Christian... We've all placed our faith in Christ. In other words, we're trusting Christ for our salvation instead of anything else. When you believe in Jesus, that word believe there is an important word. It means to trust. It doesn't mean just to have a head knowledge, but it means to trust. Uh, the Bible says in James 2 verse 19, even the devils believed and trembled. And if anyone believes in Jesus, the devil does, but he's not saved. Because uh, belief of salvation, the belief of salvation is, is coming to a point where we trust him and nothing else for our salvation. And so we put our faith and trust in Christ. Not only do we place our faith to, in Christ to save us, but we also, in doing that, we place our faith in Christ to take care of us. Now, there are times in our lives when things happen and we become anxious and we become unnerved. And we kindly forget about that commitment we've made. And so today, as we continue to think about these different commitments that we've made at the time of salvation, 
I believe God would have us to renew our commitment of our faith in him in times of trouble and trials and hurts and abuse and suffering, whatever it might be. I was speaking to a person very recently over the weekend, going through a very difficult time in their life, and his statement to me after I reminded him of the power of God over his circumstance in his life, his statement to me was this, yeah, I know, but I still don't have answers and questions. Now let me remind you, dear Christian, that there are going to be many, 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 many things that happen to us in life. There are going to be many, many, many questions in life that you'll never find the answer to, especially when it comes to hurt, pain, suffering, and abuse. However... I put my faith and trust in Christ Jesus to save me, and by doing that, I trust him to get me through those times in life that I don't have an answer to. And so as a Christian, we need to renew our faith, our trust in Christ to get us through the tough times in life when we don't understand and when we don't have answers. So the question is, why do I need to renew my trust commitment to Christ? I'm going to list some things, and you can jot them down. It'll help you perhaps later on when you face something that you're having a difficult time uh, trusting. First of all, I commit myself, I renew that commitment to Jesus Christ because in times of hurt and pain and sorrow and abuse, we have a living hope. Now, if you will, look at 1 Peter chapter 1. And let's look at verse um, 1 and following. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, Peter's the one delivering the message here. You remember Peter. Peter's the one that denied Christ. He'd, he'd had some problems trusting when difficult times came in his life. You remember when Christ was about to be tried and crucified, and they asked Peter there in the garden, the maiden asked him, do you know this person? He said, no, I don't know him. She asked him three times, and he denied Christ three times, and the rooster crowed. You remember that. Going through a very difficult time in his life, a lot of difficulty there in his life, and he denied Christ three times because of all this difficulty. That's the person that's given us instructions now. And he's speaking to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And those reason they're called strangers, they were Jews. And because of persecution, they had been scattered abroad into those different areas. So they were going through some very difficult times. So Peter had gone through some difficult times. These who were scattered throughout Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia, they had gone through some Difficult times, persecution, very difficult. And this is who he's speaking to, the elect according to the foreknowledge in verse 2 of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. He says, grace unto you, peace be multiplied. Now remember who he's speaking to. He says, blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So in times of hurt and pain and sorrow and abuse, we have this living hope, this lively hope there in verse 3. Regardless what, what we experience on earth, it's not the final chapter. It's not all over with here on this earth. 
Our final chapter is not on earth. If you remember, our final chapter is in that place called heaven. And notice it's a living hope based on what? It's based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so what he's saying is this. Since God brought Jesus through his most painful trials, since God brought Jesus through his most painful trials, being the crucifixion and and his death and, and, and the grave, Paul is saying, I know that Jesus will bring me through whatever I'm facing in my life. And so based on my hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have hope in whatever I'm going, to, uh, going through. So we can rejoice today because we have a living hope. This is not the end. Our place is in heaven. We can go through whatever we're going through because God saw Jesus through what he went through. And so because he had victory over sin, over death, over the grave, I too will have victory one day. And so we have that living hope. So we need to renew our faith in Christ because we have a living hope. And then we need to renew our faith in Christ when we go through those difficult times because in verse 4, we have a permanent inheritance. Look at verse 4. He says, To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. We have a permanent inheritance. Permanent inheritance. You say, Brother Sammy, where do you live? Well, I live at 85 Meadow Drive. Now, that's my address. But that's not my permanent address. That's just a temporary address. That's just my earthly address. My temporary address. My ultimate home is in heaven. That's my permanent inheritance, heaven. And so it's an inheritance, notice, that's incorruptible. That word incorruptible there means indestructible. My permanent inheritance is indestructible. It's incorruptible. A fire can't burn it down. A tornado can't blow it away. It's indestructible. It's, it's, my, it's an inheritance, incorruptible indestructible, it can't be damaged, it'll always be there, it's permanent. But he also says not only that, that it's undefiled, it has no stain, it has, it's not defiled, and notice he says that it fadeth not away, it'll always be there, it's valuable, it'll always be valuable, it fade, the, the, the value of it does not decrease. The value of it is that it fadeth not away. It'll always be what it is. And so when pain and suffering and heartache and abuse comes, we need to renew our faith in Christ because we have a living hope based on the resurrection, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and based on this permanent inheritance. But notice we have some divine protection. Look at verse 5. He says, Who are kept... By the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to reveal in the last day. He uses the word kept there. The, that little word kept is one of the most important words in that passage of Scripture. He says, We are kept, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We're kept. 
Stories told about an old Scotman uh, who was preparing for death, and he was having his tombstone engraved. And they had his name, and then they engraved his date of birth, and of course they were holding off on the date of death, and he was ready for his epitaph, and so they said, what do you want for an epitaph? He said, I just want one word. I said, what's that? He said, just carve, engrave, kept. Just kept. Isn't that neat? Just a half kept. One word, kept. And the question is, do you believe that God can keep you? Are you kept? Can he keep you? You see, there's nothing in this world, no suffering, no trouble, no trial, no pain, no disease, no heartache, no abuse. Death itself can steal God's protection away from his people. We are kept. So we're kept. So I renew my trust commitment in him because in him I have a living hope based on his death, burial, his resurrection. I have a permanent inheritance in heaven and I have divine protection. I'm kept. And then my faith will be developed. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Now he refers to it as a, a seasons. You know, seasons come, seasons go. Uh, troubles come, troubles go. Uh, troubles, you know, uh, are not always present with us. I'm having a pretty good day today. I've had some days far worse than today. Uh, troubles come, troubles go. He said, listen, what you're going through, uh, you can rejoice because it's just for a season. It's just for a short period of time. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, notice verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So, he gives us a little lesson here in developing our faith. He says, regardless what you're going through this morning, your trouble won't be very long. It'll be just for a season there in verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says it this way. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So whatever I'm going through right now is just temporal. It, it'll pass. It's temporal. It's where we get the English word temporary. Whatever I'm going through right now is just temporary. That's why you don't need to allow the devil to, to affect your mind to the point to where you take your life because whatever you're going through right now is temporary. It's not eternal. You say, well, Brother Samuel, why does God permit these trials and troubles and tribulations? Well, Peter said, listen, it's through these tests, it's through these trials that our faith is developed. 
verse 7 there, he talks about, in 1 Peter, he says that your trial of faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. And so he gives us a lesson there, and, and when gold is mined, it's put in a, a furnace, it's put in a, a, a smelter, a furnace. And the reason it's put under all of this heat is not to destroy the gold, but to purify the gold. And it, all that heat in the furnace burns out all the impurities of the gold. And he says the purpose of the furnace is not to dis- destroy the gold, but it's to purify the gold. Therefore, when God allows us to go through these, this furnace, this, this, this suffering, these tests, these trials, this tribulation, the furnace, those things are not to destroy us or to harm us. God wants the pure gold of our faith. He wants our faith to be pure. Now, keep this in mind. Don't forget this. Is that when our trial comes... It's really a test of faith. Now, if I ask all of you, if you have faith, raise your hand, and we'd all raise our hand, perhaps. But there's a faith that we say we have, and there's a faith that we have. And from time to time, our faith is going to be tested. And so what happens is these trials come, and they're the furnace, they're the smeltering process that strengthens our faith. And so God wants pure gold of our faith. And so I commit myself to him, recommit myself, my trust in him, in order that my faith may be developed. And then I listed this, and I'm, about, I'm almost finished. I need to recommit my trust or my faith in him because my faith will be developed, but we will have an unseen Savior. Look at verse 8. He says, whom having not seen, ye love. And whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, you shall rejoice, unspeakable and full of glory. You know, he tells us uh, that, uh, that we're not in the furnace all alone. We're not in our troubles alone. We're not in our sorrows alone that he's with us. Now, I, I know that some of us would like to see him in the furnace with us. Uh, you sense his presence. Some of us would like to feel him and touch him. You know, you're going through a difficult time. Just hold my hand, Lord, while I go through this. It's kind of like the little boy, you know, that was afraid to go to sleep. And he went to his parents' room and they said, go back to bed. Jesus is with you. And so he went back and in a little while he went back and he... Woke them up and said, I, I need to lay with y'all. And he, they said, no, I'll go back. Jesus is with you. And he said, yeah, but, but I need someone with skin on. Well, when we go through different things in our life, it's good to have somebody with skin on. But with Jesus, we know he's there because he's told us before. Although we can't see him, the psalmist knew he was there. In Psalm 23, verse 4, he says it this way. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In Matthew 28, when Jesus gave the great commission to the church, and, and they were afraid because he was fixing to ascend to heaven. And he said, Lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. 
And then the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 13, verse 5, he said, I will never, double negative there, I will never leave thee, literally meaning I will never, 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 never leave you. So although we don't have the skin to hold on to, we know he's there because he said he would be. You remember Daniel, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown in a fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down and worship the king. And the old king gets up the next morning after they were thrown in, and he goes and just peers over into the furnace and takes a gander, and he expected to, to see them completely burned, you know. And all of a sudden, he, he, he looked in, in verse 24, Daniel chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was a, he, he was astonished, and he rose up in haste, and he spake and said unto his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I, I see four men loose walking around in the furnace. Oh, they weren't in the furnace by themselves. God manifested himself in the furnace. So today we need to renew our commitment of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ to get us through the tough times in life. Although we don't understand them and although we don't have the answers to all the questions, I need to put my faith and trust in him because we have a living hope in him. We have a personal inheritance in him. We have divine protection in him. We have a developing faith in him. We have an unseen savior in him. And then we have a guaranteed deliverance in him. Verse 9, 1 Peter 1. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. One day we're going to be delivered from all this pain and suffering and heartache and trials. But until then, I'll continue to put my faith, my trust in Jesus Christ. To get me through the times that I don't understand and the times I don't have answers to the questions. Now, today, you may be here, and you need to trust Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You may be trusting in your moral character. and It's good to be good, but it won't get you to heaven. You may be trusting in good works or, you know, taking a chance that God's too good to send anybody to hell. The devil may even have convinced you that death kind of ends it all and there's no hereafter. You know, this morning, we ran our, last night, we ran our clocks forward one hour. Time changed. That's not the first time time changed. 2,000 years ago, a little baby was born in Bethlehem. Changed time altogether. We went from B.C. to A.D. His birth affected the calendar that we use today. If anybody has ever been born in this world, Jesus was born. And he was born for a purpose. He was born to come into this world. That's what the angels told the shepherds. Rejoice, for today is a Savior born in Bethlehem. He's born for a purpose. He's born to be our Savior. And this Savior, Jesus, said that we're sinners. We're sinners by by birth, and we're sinners by choice. And the Bible says the, the wages or the payment of sin is death, but Jesus went and died on the cross, and he suffered my payment for my sins. 
And he said, if you put your faith and trust in me and me alone, whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. Now, belief is just not the intellect about Christ, but it's trust in him completely for your salvation. Some of you today need to trust him to be your Lord and Savior. Some of you as a Christian may need to renew that trust, not for salvation, but for difficult times, the times that you don't understand, times that you just want to give up and throw in the towel and just tired of the the fight and tired of the battle. You want to struggle to the end. You want redemption to win. Is your heart torn, as the song says? Does your heart need mending? Are you worn? Do you need rest today? Let me invite you to come to a person by the name of Jesus. Loved you so much that he died on the cross for your sins. And he says, you can accept accept me, put your faith and trust in me, and have eternal life. Your sins are forgiven. But you can go it alone. Do it your way. Man up. Do it your way. But at the end, you have to suffer the consequence of your own sin. Let me encourage you to put your faith and trust in him.